Hello and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies with your speaker, Chris McCann. If you'd like more information or to hear more studies, visit our website at www.ebiblefellowship.com. And now, with your evening Bible study, here's Chris McCann. Good evening and welcome to eBible Fellowship's Bible Study in the Book of Revelation. Tonight is study number 20 of Revelation chapter 18. And we're going to be reading verses 8 through 10. Revelation 18, beginning in verse 8. Therefore shall her plagues come in one day, death and mourning and famine, and she shall be utterly burned with fire, for strong is the Lord God who judgeth her, and the kings of the earth who have committed fornication and live deliciously with her, shall bewail her and lament for her when they shall see the smoke of her burning, standing afar off for the fear of her torment, saying, Alas, alas, that great city Babylon, that mighty city, for in one hour is thy judgment come. And I'll stop reading there. Now, once again, we have one day mentioned in verse 8. Speaking of Babylon's plagues, her plague shall come in one day. And we've discussed this over the last few studies, that God is uh, using the figure of a day when uh, he is giving us information about Judgment Day. But in actuality, it's a prolonged period of time. Now, that's nothing new. That's not a change from our pre-May 21, 2011 position. We had thought previously that Judgment Day would be a literal five months, May 21, 2011, until October 21, 2011. And, and, and so God's people, Mr. Camping, Family Radio, taught that Judgment Day would be a prolonged period of time of five months. That would be the actual uh, timeline for the Day of Judgment for the world. Now, we were incorrect about the literal nature of five months, and when God speaks of five months of judgment in Revelation 9, or the 150 days, which worked out to be five months in the flood account of the book of Genesis, it is a figure and a type of the entire duration of Judgment Day that could be any length of time. Uh, just Judgment Day is typified by five months. And it's when we learn from the other scripture, such as in Revelation 14, verse 20, of the 1600 furlongs, and, and we understand that God is using furlongs to represent days, that then we have an actual timeline for the prolonged period of judgment. And, and so the 1600 days, in all likelihood, is judgment day. And, and her plagues come in one day, beginning May 21, 2011, all throughout this period of time. And, if we're correct, it concludes on October 7th, 2015. And then God speaks of what the plagues are in verse 8, death and mourning and famine. Now the word mourning 
is the same word translated as sorrow from verse 7. So much torment and sorrow give her, and, and she saith in her heart, I sit a queen and am no widow, and she'll see no sorrow. And we saw then that the word sorrow is better translated as mourning. It, it is the sorrow of a widow over the loss of a husband. Uh, but Babylon denied that sorrow. She'll, she denied she would see that type of sorrow. And yet God is saying, oh, uh, yes, you will. We saw that back in Isaiah 47. You will be as a widow. You will know the loss of children. And that related to being made desolate. And, and to be desolate means the Spirit of God has abandoned you. And there is no more salvation. So the the plagues God is bringing upon Babylon or the nations, the, the unsaved inhabitants of the earth, is death and mourning or sorrow of, of widow or loss of children. Uh, that is desolation and famine. So death, desolation, and famine. And they all relate to the same thing. When God shut the door of heaven, as he did on the day he said he would, again, May 21, 2011, God shut the door of heaven to the world. For all intents and purposes, he brought death to all the inhabitants of the earth because it guaranteed their death. Anyone who was not saved at that time was um, thereby um, placed in a position where it was guaranteed they would never become saved because God no longer was working to save. And this meant that uh, whether they they died that day or a week later or any um, time into this a period of judgment, they would die unsaved. Or if they live up until the very last day and God destroys the world, they die unsaved. So God sealed their fate. And that's why in Revelation 22, when he speaks of the filthy being filthy still, or the unrighteous unrighteous still, it, it is language indicating one spiritual condition does not change from that point on. And that's what God did. He established the spiritual condition of every human being. And and no one's spiritual condition has changed since that day. All the elect who God saved remain saved or righteous still. All those that were not saved and and not the elect of God remain in an unrighteous condition. No one has uh, made movement from one kingdom to the other. Of course, once someone was saved, never in history has anyone gone back from a saved position. But it was possible throughout um, the day of salvation for sinners under the wrath of God in the kingdom of darkness to be translated out of that kingdom and into the kingdom of God's dear Son through salvation. But that is no longer possible. And therefore, death and mourning or desolation and famine. Famine 
relates to a lack of hearing the word of God. Remember this definition, the spiritual definition that God gives in the book of Amos. And uh, this was true of the judgment on the church, and it's true of the judgment on the world. It says in Amos chapter 8, in, let, let's read here, uh, in verse 9, beginning there, And it shall come to pass in that day, saith the Lord Jehovah, that I will cause the sun to go down at noon, and I will darken the earth in the clear day, and I will turn your feast into mourning, and all your songs into lamentation, and I will bring up sackcloth upon all loins, and baldness upon every head, and I will make it as the mourning, and that's mourning as in sorrow, not not mourning of the day, but mourning for loss. I will make it as the mourning of an only son, and the end thereof as a bitter day. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord Jehovah, that I will send a famine in the land, not a famine of bread, nor a thirst for water, but, here here is the nature of the famine, but of hearing the words of Jehovah. That is what a spiritual famine is, a literal physical famine. Well, then you don't have bread and you don't have physical water and people die. Well, with a spiritual famine, it is not a famine of bread nor a thirst for water, but it's hearing the words of Jehovah because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And it takes God's spirit. It takes, well, two things. It takes the word of God itself to be present, to be proclaimed. And it takes God's spirit to cause those hearing the the words of the Bible to hear them spiritually. That is for the, the word of God to be heard on a different level, not just physically, but to be heard inwardly by the heart, which is dead, by the soul of man, which is dead within him. It takes God to create life, a new heart and a new spirit, and in that newly created heart to give ears to hear, so that now the sinner can hear the words of Christ. They hear his voice. As Jesus says in John 10, my sheep hear my voice and follow. And that's not the case with the unsaved because they're dead inwardly. They're dead in spirit. And, and so God, in removing the Holy Spirit from the midst of the congregations while bringing judgment at the house of God or beginning the judgment program uh, uh, at the churches of the world, the Holy Spirit came out of the midst. They still had Bibles, so they still had one important ingredient. And preachers preached their Bibles, and members of the congregation were under the hearing of the preachers, under the hearing of the uh, literal physical word as it was preached to them, but they did not any longer have that most important second element, God's Spirit to open their ears, to give them ears to hear. And so there was a famine in the land of the churches, a famine not of bread and water, 
but of hearing the word of the Lord. And if you cannot hear in your soul, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. But if you lack hearing, you will lack faith, and faith is the faith of Christ that saves. So you will lack salvation. The absence of salvation is the result of a spiritual famine that impacts the hearing. And there is no hearing, therefore there is no faith and of Christ, and there is no salvation. And that's what has happened to the world, because God uh, left the church during the entire Great Tribulation, but during the second part of the Great Tribulation, the Holy Spirit was operating and working in the nations of the world as the Word of God was broadcast through primarily the electronic medium, radio and internet and satellite and so forth, and was being broadcast in a very pure way that is truthful to God's Word, faithful to His Word, and God used that uh, sending forth of the gospel over the airwaves to seek and to find his elect, the, the great multitude that were scattered amongst the nations, and God used his word to save them. The, and, and they experienced salvation outside of the church. The, the church is completely unnecessary for salvation if God determines that he's not going to use them. It was no problem at all. It's the word, the Bible, that is instrumental in salvation, and it's God's Spirit, that most important element, that sparks hearing of the word within, in the soul existence of a man. And both of those things were in view in the nations of the world as God saved tens of millions of people all around the world. And and by the way, remember God says that um, whosoever sows the seed of the word of God sparingly, reaps also sparingly. But whoso sows bountifully, reaps also bountifully. And that's something uh, encouraging for us to keep in mind. As the word of God was sown bountifully, and many have, of course, left their labor... At this point, and others of God's people are entering into their labor, and and we have a good expectation to reap that that bountiful harvest as we approach unto the last day of harvest, October seventh, twenty fifteen. But anyway, God did save outside of the churches, and there was much water, much bread. Um, there, there was a tremendous blessing of the Word of God upon a great multitude like never before in the history of the world. God saved more in the little season, the second part of the little season of the Great Tribulation, than he did in, in all previous history of the world. What, what an incredible display of the power of God um, to say, well, I don't need two billion in the churches. I don't need your big buildings and your big budgets and, and your, uh, numerous, um, members of your congregations. I don't need any of you. I'll, I'll do my work 
over a medium that I raise up just at the proper time and I'll do my work with a faithful few that'll band together to get the gospel message out to all the world. And what an incredible thing that God raised up radio and internet and the electronic medium that was never before possible. And he raised it up and then had moved in his people to will and do of his good pleasure to make a worldwide declaration and and the people of the nations heard Judgment Day, May 21. It was placed before the forefront of their eyes the message of Judgment Day that had never been so so seen, so constantly um, viewed by the unsaved people of the world. And, and yet God did that to save his elect because this was it. The, the final days of the outpouring of the gospel, the latter rain, the final evangelization of the earth, the final work of saving sinners, and, and soon the night would come in which no man could work. But, but anyway, all the water that was, uh, sent out there, and, and all the bread that, that, uh, went out to feed, um, or to find the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Uh, as in a moment, uh, the water evaporated and the bread was gone. As soon as God saved the last one of the elect and shut the door of heaven, immediately, immediately there was a famine of hearing all over the face of the earth because God had ended his salvation program and was no longer saving. And now, now you can have again the Bible, just as in the churches, they have Bibles. You can have the Word of God. You can have people utterly convinced God is still saving, just as you find in the churches over the last, over the course of the entire judgment upon them. People utterly convinced God was saving within their midst. And you can have, uh, even the previously faithful radio ministry of Family Radio uh, assuring you, yes, God's still saving, God is saving and working, just as you had uh, previously faithful churches assuring you that there is no change, God did not stop saving, and yet, just as in the church, when God determined he was finished with them, at that moment, when the church age ended, that was it. And never again was a sinner saved. There there was a famine in the church, and the famine never lifted within the boundaries of the congregations of the world. And And as soon as God ended his salvation program and saved the last one of his people, whose name was written in the Lamb's Book of Life, and the time had come, the, the time of the Great Tribulation ended. The latter rain ceased to fall. That was it. Never again will God save. God's Spirit is now no longer working in the world precisely as He no longer worked in the church. And, and that is the nature of the cup of the wrath of God that He first gave to the city called by His name. They drank from it long and deep for 23 years to the exact day, 8,400 days. 
Then, on May 21, 2011, God transitioned and gave the same cup to the world. Now it's your turn. And and now, uh, as there was no salvation in the church because the Spirit was not operating, there is no salvation in the world because the Spirit is not operating. There is only death, mourning, and famine. And that that is the sorrowful situation we find ourselves in. Now, this reminds us of what we read earlier in our study of the book of Revelation in Revelation 6, in verses 7 and 8. It says there, And when he had opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the fourth beast say, Come and see. Now, notice the number four. Fourth seal, fourth beast or living creature who is God. And then uh, it says in verse 8, And I looked, and behold, a pale horse, and his name that sat on him was Death, and hell followed with him. And power was given unto them over the fourth part of the earth. Again, the number four, fourth part. To kill with sword and with hunger, that's the same word as famine, and with death, and with the beasts of the earth. Now, here for God's purpose, he lists four things, sword, famine, death, and beasts of the earth, because the Strong emphasis is on number four in order to teach us as four points to the furthest extent of what is in view to universality to, to all the world, north, south, east, west, four points of the compass and the fourth seal and the fourth living creature uh, are introducing the pale horse, the fourth horse who is picturing the final judgment of mankind. The first horse was the white horse that typified Christ going forth with the gospel conquering. The second horse was the red horse that typified Satan opposing him. The third horse was the black horse that typified the great tribulation, the judgment on the church. And the fourth horse, the pale horse, is the judgment on the world. And so God emphasizes that fact with the number four, fourth seal, fourth beast, um, fourth part. And then he lists four plagues that come upon them. And, and keep in mind that 1600 days has many fours in view because 1600 days is four years, four months, and 16 days. 16 is 4 times 4. So it's 4 years, 4 months, and 4 times 4 days. And October 7th, 2015 is a Wednesday, which is the fourth day of the week. Why 4? To, again, emphasize the judgment of the world. The whole world, no part of it left out, north, south, east, west, all the nations, all the kingdoms, all the unsaved inhabitants of the earth, are under the wrath of God. It is judgment on all. And so here um, we find the similarity with killing with the sword and famine and death. The pale horse relates to this time period. It's the time when God has brought the world into the condition of death. And what does death identify with? The grave. 
And in the Bible, the word hell is also translated as grave because hell identifies with death and the grave. And so the world has been brought into the condition, not a place, uh, although we could say the, the world in this condition is a place, but but it is a condition of hell since May 21, 2011. And that's why um, God's people in going through uh, this period of time are, are being brought before the judgment seat of Christ to demonstrate, to make manifest that they have already been judged in him. And here the whole world is in the condition of hell and we're living in the world at this time, going through the flames of the spiritual fire that has been kindled in God's anger. And God's people endure to the end. Uh, they're uh, judged because a judgment is either uh, you're found guilty or innocent. A judgment is either your works are evil or they're righteous. And God will judge his people that they are innocent in Christ, their works are righteous in Christ, and they therefore will endure to the end and come out of the world that has been brought into the condition of hell And they will rise up in the resurrection and rise up in the rapture in a very real way. Uh, It's as though they're coming up out of hell following the example of the Lord Jesus Christ who died from the foundation of the world and therefore was in hell and rose again. And he he came up out of the depths and uh, in the glorious resurrection. And he came out of hell, the grave. And God's plan is to resurrect his people on that final day, the last day. The day God says, I'll raise you up. And it's as though we're coming up out of the grave, out of hell. Thanks for joining us for eBible Fellowship's Evening Bible Studies. You can hear these studies Monday through Friday over PalTalk, Skype, eBible Fellowship's webcast audio, or over your phone. For more information or to hear other studies, visit www.ebiblefellowship.com. Until our next study, may the Lord's perfect will be done.